I'm Steve Fisher. At a time of civil unrest in London, Bernadette Russell decided to try something in seemingly short supply. She vowed to do at least one act of kindness each day for a year. I was in the post office and there was a young man in the queue in front of me and he didn't have enough money to pay for his stamp. So I offered to pay it for him and he was really extremely grateful and I kind of thought, oh, that was interesting. That kind of made a little bit of a difference and it only took me a little bit of money and a little bit of time. So I decided from that day onwards to see if I did do an act of kindness for a stranger every single day for a year, if it could change the world or kind of change my world. Bernadette is here to talk about that year and how it affected her going forward on Life Slices. Welcome, Bernadette Russell, to Life Slices. Kindly paint a picture of who Bernadette Russell is. I live in... Deptford in southeast London in uh, in uh, British Isles, and I am a um, theatre maker and a writer. Um, so I mostly sort of work in live performance and in writing, um, all, all kinds of writing, fiction, non-fiction, and playwriting. Um, I'm an auntie. I've got a dog. I live with my partner in a nice little place right next to the river in London. Lovely. Now, now, what sparked your idea of doing an act of kindness every day for a year? Well, I I was in, back in 2011, which feels like the olden days now, doesn't it? <laughs> so much has happened. Um, back in 2011... Um, Wait, I didn't realise this was an ancient history story. <laughs> it is. It is. It's way back then, in the, in the, in the way before, before times. <laughs> so, yeah, ten, 10 years ago, or more than 10 years ago now, I was I was at the Edinburgh Festival and I just opened a, a play that I'd written and riots broke out in London and the riots were sparked by the death of a young man called Mark Duggan, a young black man who died at the hands of police and that there was a protest that followed his death and it turned into a riot and the riots spread all over London and they were and, and Manchester and, and Bristol and Birmingham so all over the UK and they were. There were, you know, the, London was basically on fire. There were more fires in London during those riots than there had been since the Blitz. And there was a horrible reaction to the riots. Um, no attempt at ex- understanding why that happened, but just this very racist, anti-poor, anti-young people response to it. And it was really depressing. And mm. it was happening, you know, where I lived. So when I got back home, I I was full of, you know, oh, what can I do about any of the huge problems in the world and it's kind of been triggered by seeing the riots and the response to them and I just thought there's nothing I can do about anything I can't do anything about war or famine I haven't got any power or political um or money or any any way to influence people and then on the 18th of August in 2011 with these thoughts of powerlessness I guess in my head I was in the post office and there was a young man in the queue in front of me and he didn't have enough money to pay for his stamp so I offered to pay it for him and he was really extremely grateful and I kind of thought, oh, that was interesting. That kind of made a little bit of a difference and it only took me a little bit of money and a little bit of time. So I decided from that day onwards to see if I did do an act of kindness for a stranger every single day for a year, if it could change the world or kind of change my world. So it was very impulsive, Steve. <laughs> it was tell. just a, a yeah, it's just after this sort of chance encounter. And um, yeah, that's how I started. Now, people have asked me when I when I mentioned uh, your story to a couple of people, they go, well, what kind of person was she before this? Was she an absolute rotter? Decide I'm going to be kind every day. No, I think it's just, a, I guess it's a question of refo- 
deciding to focus on something, isn't it? Because I think it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting question actually that I'm or comment that I'm actually going to take seriously because I think you can you what you notice when you start focusing on kindness is how often you are normally kind and how how many acts of kindness constitute a normal day and that actually the main lesson from it is not that it's rare or unusual but that it's common and actually um, it's unreported or rather underreported and so I guess the biggest takeaway for me was learning that kind of you know it's kindness that makes the world go round not the other stuff and that when you when you sort of choose to see the world through a particular focus then you then you notice it more so yeah how did you decide what each act of kindness was going to be did you sit, stay up at night going what can i do tomorrow that will be kind or did you just kind of ad lib and whatever came your way yeah that's a, that's a great question it was a bit of both steve to be honest with you so so generally speaking i try to be open in the day to opportunities that might arise for example you know somebody might need help with a suitcase or getting something off a high shelf in a shop or something like that. Um, but I also prepared things um, um, so that I w- was kind of ready. So I did I, I did things like I made a lot of homemade cards to give out to people. I bought flowers and plants to give to strangers or I'd get like boxes of chocolate and stuff to give to strangers. So generally speaking, I tried to, in the day that I was in, see where there was the opportunity and really notice um, and take the opportunity or I do the thing I prepared. So yeah, it was a good question. It was a little bit of both. I know people tend to be suspicious of strangers uh, insinuating themselves into their lives. To what degree did people question your actions? Yes, you're absolutely right. I think people can be suspicious. But what was really useful, Steve, just using the expression, I'm trying to do a good deed every day, because I think people know what that is. Like a lot of people learned about that at school or they remember that from childhood so I'd kind of approach people and I'd say oh I wondered if you help me out I'm trying to do a good deed every day and then I'd give them whatever I prepared you know the present I had for them or whatever I was going to do for them and then interestingly it often sparked off a conversation because I think that expression stopped people being scared they were like oh, okay that's interesting you're doing this good deed and then they tell me things they'd done or they tell me about you know when they were at brownies or scouts or you know when they were when they were children and they were encouraged to do a good deed every day so I think yeah it was really useful earlier on early on framing it in something that felt familiar to people so they didn't think I was just a strange person trying to make them buy something or sponsor me or you know whatever. Were there any things that you ended up doing that surprised you that you didn't think you would ever do? Oh that's no one's ever asked me that before. There were things that took me by surprise, certainly. One day, I I went to the corner, there's a, sh- a corner shop very close to where I live, and I went there to go and buy some milk, and I saw this lady carrying these really, really big bags. So I said to her, oh, would you like me to, um, do you want me to help you? Figuring there was probably going to be a few houses down, and I walked with her for four miles. She lived four miles away, and I, I just left the house, you know, to go and get a pint of milk, so... Gareth, my partner, thought I'd just gone on holiday. So I was I was ages and my arms really hurt and I got to her house and her family were there and they were really grateful and then I had to walk all the way back. So that was interesting, I think, because I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and then also I did a couple of kind of big things, kind of grand things. So on Valentine's Day in 2012, I went, I decided I was 
going to reclaim Valentine's Day as a sort of festival of all kinds of love, love of humanity, I suppose. And I, so I made 50 Valentine's shaped cakes, little heart cakes, and made 50 Valentine's cards, and I blew up 50 heart shaped balloons. And I went all around London giving them away to strangers with my two friends. We did it all day. So I guess that, that was surprising. And I'm not sure whether I would have done anything like that had I not made that commitment, you know, because what happens, as you can imagine, Steve, over the year, I was trying to keep my own interest as well. I wanted to, you know, have different things to try. So, And, and one of the most surprising things, actually, was how many conversations I had. The, the biggest gift, I think, was the fact that the action of it opened up conversations with people. And so I just had a really nice chat with loads of people. That was my actually my next question. Did you develop any friendships from this? Or, or are you still in touch with any of the people that you helped? Yeah, great, great question. Largely, the answer to that is no, because it was literally in passing. Hmm. However, so I live on the eight-mile eight mark of the London Marathon. So the London Marathon comes past my house at eight miles. And beginning that year and every year since, I, I put a shout-out on social media and I asked people to tell me if they were running or if they knew someone that was running and I'd make a poster for the window. And on the morning, on this particular morning, I this man was walking past and he said, oh, I'm trying to find the beginning line of the marathon. And I told him where it was and he told me that he was running. And I said, oh, I've got a little bit of space left. I'll make a poster for you. And he, he his wife and his daughter stayed with us all day so that they had someone to sit to cheer him on. And I made the poster and we he kept he got in touch with me on Twitter the next day and we've stayed in touch ever since. We've become really good friends. I've been to his daughter's school and done some sort of storytelling with her there. And we've done some projects together. Yeah, so that's been really lovely. And there's a, there were a couple of other people, not many, because as I said, mostly it was in passing, Steve. So mm-hmm. literally the nature of it meant I didn't meet people again. But a couple of people, there was another man who was a friend of a friend who I made a present for because I found out that he was very ill. And he and I eventually met and we've remained friends. So, yeah, there has been some friendships out there. Were you with your partner at the time that you did this? Yes, yes. And what did your partner think when you, when you, <laughs> when you met, t- said the, what the idea was? He, he was like, okay, that's – I think he, 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 was, he was supportive and just curious, first of all, whether I'd be able to keep it up – incredibly supportive throughout quite stunned at the sort of lengths that I was going to I think and in many ways has sort of come on you know come on the journey with me and we made a theatre show about about it eventually a couple of years after I'd finished which he was in and part of as well so he's been a really sort of big part of it but he did think it was quite a foolhardy endeavour at the beginning (laughs) yeah yeah what did you discover about yourself during that year well there were one the top interesting discovery will probably be obvious to to you and your listeners was that it's obviously a really good thing for you to do for yourself because you have you get you know a little hit from the so-called helpers high oxytocin so it's very rewarding and literally a hormonal sort of way you get you get a real high from doing it but also it may, increases your resilience because you see that the world that, that there's lots of kindness in the world that you're capable of perhaps more even than you thought of and that you receive lots of kindness so it, so it it changes the way that you view the world and it helps to combat constant negativity that we all have to somehow find a way of enduring I think so I discovered that I was braver than I thought and kind of stronger than I thought and yeah I think those were the 
those are the kind of main things but also that when I finished the year I didn't although I thought oh gosh that's a bit of a relief I didn't I didn't I, I carried on so I've so I've been doing it every day for 10 years now as a, you know as sort of a just a daily practice so although I I recorded it on social media for the first year. I stopped doing that after the first year because that was really tiring and really time-consuming. But I've carried on doing it every day as a sort of yeah daily practice. So I think mainly the main thing was realising how, how I'd been easily defeated before because I'd been persuaded by this unhelpful narrative that the world is full of bad people, um, which is not true. And so by doing it, I... Um, I came to a different kind of truth, I suppose. It's interesting because I just interviewed a guy who works on that World Happiness Report. Excuse me, my voice. It's tough going through puberty at this age. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And he said that the reason that the Scandinavian countries always come out on top is because they tend to be nicer to each other and care more about one another, which it seems to be missing in a large part of Western culture. Yes, although... I've challenged that as well. I think that's part of an unhelpful narrative. You know, certain people are nicer to each other than other people. For example, Steve, I live in London, and the, and the sort of prevailing narrative about London is that it's not friendly and that no one talks to each other. Mm-hmm. And that it's literally untrue. It's just the kind of accept. You know, sometimes those stories get told, and then you and then they're like they become the truth in air in air commas. And, and they're not. And actually, I'm sure there are places where, for cultural or historical, traditional reasons, people are kinder to each other. But there are kind people all over. When I, in 2014, actually, I was lucky enough to tour the States. I came to your beautiful country. Every single place that, you know, I went to Colorado, I went to Washington, I was in um, um, Montana, I went all over and, and Ohio, and everywhere I went. They were amazingly kind, wonderful, warm, funny, surprising people, you know. So I'm, I think maybe we need to be careful. When, I, w- I would even challenge him, and I understand that he has expertise, because I think I'm not sure about that's true of Western culture. I certainly think the way that we saw that we responded and looked, took, off, took care of each other during COVID would challenge that. Mm-hmm. The way that we have tried to respond I mean as individual communities the way we've responded to the war in Ukraine would challenge that and the way we try to you know that we just the way we try to look after each other and we're not perfect of course but I think one thing that recent disasters and kind of you know awful challenges have revealed is actually we yearn to look after each other really that's what we yearn to do we're a pro-social species and we've survived this long without claws or teeth or fur or fuss by being cooperative right and kind of looking out for each other you know it's true and 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 it was one of the things i discussed with this this gentleman in canada was is like we if you watch the news humanity seems awful and we just want to get rid of humans i always say this would be a much better planet if it weren't for the humans and it's not that it's that the news focuses on the negative yeah so yeah. we don't get to see the positive in people on a regular basis. No, it's very tough. You're, I 100% agree with you. And I think our own, I was talking to my partner about it today, I think in a way it, that's been exasperated. I don't know what you think by 24-hour news cycles because you can get into the, okay, you see a negative headline once. The, the way news is presented now, you see that what 18 time and you just start doom scrolling. So I think we probably have to take a little responsibility for that given that, it is that that for the time being that is what the news is 
it's negative biased and it's 24 hours and just I I would I advise everybody just choose your limitations on it like 20 minutes in the morning get need know what you need to know and then also seek positive news which is a very it's out there it's a really useful way of being of taking care of yourself of being kind to yourself of reminding yourself that at every single moment in every part of the world there are people doing extraordinary things solving problems looking after each other being incredibly inventive being funny you know all of those things are true as well so I I agree with you and I think that's why um it's it's a it's a sort of negative feedback loop isn't it we worry that human beings aren't any good and then we watch the news and that's confirmed and then we feel sad and it's just a constant loop mm-hmm. but there is a way out of it and I get when I wrote my most recent book actually I studied um the work of Dr Rick Hansen have you heard of him Steve do you know him no no okay so he's um he basically did a lot of work around negativity bias, our latent negativity bias, mm-hmm. which means, which exactly as you said, means that we tend to focus on the bad, the bad things that have happened, and the negative stories, the bad, and that we've done that. We we have evolved in that way, and it serves our survival instinct and our purpose for survival. But the good news is, is you can train your brain to have a positivity bias, which is more like the one you might have had as a child, because children are much better at. Mm-hmm. Uh, being positive as we know so they generally um so you just like focus when something good happens or you hear a good story or you see someone being kind or nice just let yourself enjoy it it's simple as that just let yourself kind of be in that moment for a while and then it's got more chance of storing in your in, in your memory and you'll have a sort of library of positive things to draw on but I feel really very compassionately towards everyone because I think we're combating such a such a bad news cycle at the moment that of course we think um but my you know this my my proposition that the world is full of kindness is based on experience it's not it's not a a dream or a utopian vision of what how i'd like the world to be mm-hmm. it's it comes from being in the world and looking for it so instead of choosing to see the fact that somebody lost their temper in the news agents I choose to focus on the fact that three times that day somebody said morning to me. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Yeah. There is a great, again, I'm going back to this this podcast I, I just did with the guy from the World Happiness Report. And he mm-hmm. said, if somebody gives you the finger while you're driving <laughs> and you respond angrily, it's just going to propagate the whole thing as That's opposed right. to just cutting it off. I'd love to now, if, if somebody gets mad at me on the freeway, is just wave and smile and say, I'm sorry. They don't know oh. how to how to deal with that. That's wonderful. I think that's really powerful what you're doing because actually I'm sure, I feel really confident that one of those people that you wave and smile at probably thinks a bit like, oh no, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. You know, that man looks so nice. Look at him smiling. So I think it's it's really powerful. It does take it does take energy and it takes strength and it takes, you know, and so not every day you might not feel able to do that. Some days you must feel like doing it back to them whatever they've done but I think it's a really beautiful thing to attempt to do to just and also to not take it personally because often when people are grumpy or mean Mm -hmm. it's because they're unhappy isn't it now you said you that you documented what you did on social media how Mm. how else did you document it because I know I leading to a shameless plug here uh I know you've got a book out about it I have although I didn't so I I did 
I did sort of keep it sort of updated on social media, though at the time I didn't have I didn't have like loads of followers on social media. It was a useful, an easy way of me to diarise it actually, Steve. It was just a really simple, I'll do that every day. And I took photos every day as well. Because I know you're a photographer, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. So well, photo. Th- there are some photographers who would who would uh, claim the contrary. But, but I try. I bet you're wonderful. So, the, so basically I took, so photos were a really big part of it. So I t- always say to people, do you mind if I take your photo or I take a photo of something? So I had this kind of picture and word diary of it. And then I made a theatre show of it. And I'm hoping to write a book, which is literally the diary of the year. But I've never written that book yet. My book, yeah, I haven't written that book yet. I wrote a book during lockdown called How to Be Hopeful, which is, I think is the one you're kindly referring to, which was, which is about hope. But, um, and it does refer to that experience in that year. Um, but it's very much sort of focusing on hope. But, um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's interesting. I just recently I've been talking to my, to my lovely publisher about, you know, maybe it's time to, to, to write the book of it. Because what's interesting, actually, Steve, is I keep expecting the conversation to end and about people being interested in kindness and experience. And actually, it's increased, which is telling, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, I think we are there. I mean, I, I have seen stories of late that have shocked and surprised me and, and elated me. I see stories on the news so going back to those evil news, but they do stories about these people who are packing up and heading to Ukraine to help with absolutely no connection to Ukraine. They're not Ukrainian. They don't have relatives there. They just look at what's going on and go, we have to do something. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. There's wonderful stories, actually. Yeah, I've seen them as well. And I think just circling back to the news as well, I guess it's worth noting that the individual journalist who journalists who are working inside that system are also lovely people you know they're getting burnout they're getting you know they're they're sitting in conferences and in daily meetings aren't they listening to the news that they've got to report which they have to frame so I think there are many journalists and actually many news outlets now who who have recognized that we need to tell a different kind of story or stories of hope stories of kindness the stories that you just mentioned so brilliantly of people traveling in their cars to ukraine to pick up strangers so i think i do honestly think that change is coming because these conversations are happening more and more and actually we all want to th- believe that don't we but it, however however we try and like put on our little cynical are being sneering and saying i saw this post on social media yesterday Stephen. it said human beings are so much worse than dogs and i was like oh please don't post things like that as as tempting as it is to agree with that um it doesn't help us you know but i think it comes from i think the person that posted that probably wanted someone to say no that's not true look at people doing amazing things and looking out for each other so i think someone like you who's got your you know your art you're an artist you've got your photography and you've got this podcast you also have and you are doing you you're using your platform to share positive stories so all of us i think who can contribute to the to the ecosystem of that change yes yeah, so there were too many too many true crime podcasts i go <laughs> 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 they so are <laughs> I, i'm sorry i haven't been involved enough in in true crime to do a podcast on that <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't either how would you advise others who say, gee, that's great, I would love to do that. How would you advise others about being kind to other people? I would say, do things that won't cost you anything. 
because it makes it sustainable because I did actually I spent quite a lot of money and I had to sort of change that up because it was unsustainable do not nothing is too small nothing is too small so even if one day if tomorrow you just smile at someone in the shop don't underestimate that um small is beautiful it's perfect the thing really is to do small things as often as possible as often as possible I really think that's the way we change the world and make sure that you're being kind to yourself as well so if you maybe one day you don't feel like being sociable you haven't got a smile to give you can't say good morning that's fine so also be kind to yourself notice what you need to cherish and look after yourself and try small things and try fun things like I did some really like once I am so I made an unbirthday present for a stranger I gave like I said I know it's not your birthday because I've never met you so I don't know when your birthday is but like I gave gave this lady an unbirthday present so I did a lot of fun things so if you can find some fun and sort of cheekiness in it I think I think that's good I love that. And, and I think also, you know, there needs to be more emphasis on the fact that doing kind things makes you feel better and raises yes. your your hormones or whatever. So even selfish people tell them to be kind because it's going to make them feel great. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's true. You do. You get a big hit of oxytocin. You know, there's been many st- studies and much research done on it now, but you don't have to pay any attention to the research and studies if you don't want to if you do it you know you know we all know how it feels right we do something kind and we get a little nice warm feeling so you're absolutely right and that will persuade all the all the selfish mean people right (laughs) are there any questions about you or your year of kindness that i haven't asked but that you would like to answer oh thank you that's a very kind question um no no you know what i'd like to ask you is do you think that you, Steve, live in a in a kind place, in a kind community? Do you do you notice kindness around you? Absolutely. I live in a very close knit community. Well, a close knit. I wouldn't know the name of the person next door necessarily, but people smile at each other, people help each other. It's great. And somebody put on our community Facebook page to the person who mowed my lawn today, thank you. I never would have gotten to it. And it's you like see. somebody just went and did it without asking and without saying anything that's that's so lovely that's so lovely and I don't you know that you say you don't know your neighbors names that's okay because if that's okay because you're all looking out for each other in spite of or despite of not not knowing each other's names it's lovely Bernadette thank you so much for your time we're about out of time but uh, it's really been kind of you to oh, do it's this been podcast. An absolute pleasure talking to you, Steve. It's not lovely to see your face. I'm sorry about my somewhat erratic um, internet, but we we do our best, don't we? Our thanks to Bernadette Russell for being on Life Slices and kudos for continuing to spread the gift of kindness. While acts of kindness go a long way to bringing civility to community, they don't have to be completely altruistic. Being nice and helpful increases your serotonin and dopamine, making you feel good. And who doesn't want to feel good? If you like this program, like us and subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And join us on social media. Life Slices is produced by Beatnik Ravens Productions, All Rights Reserved. Music by Thesleyan Studios.